0: Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. We're finishing up a series titled Start, Escape Normal. And normal is referring to our life on this earth without God's intervention. So it can be anything. I mean, whatever happens in your life, it can be that. But what happens if God can't help you? What happens if God doesn't help you? Uh, Sometimes it goes as far as death. Sometimes it's just a miserable life. And in every area of our life, God wants to help us escape normal. He wants to intervene. And we're going to talk about today how we can do something to make sure our prayers are answered, to help our prayers be answered. And we title this Start because the place where we start is with this substance called faith. Faith. The Bible teaches us that we connect with God through faith, and faith is really, uh, really an interesting thing, and I mentioned last week uh, I'm analytical, so that was something that didn't come easy for me, but the Bible talks about it, and it tells us and teaches us that by faith we can receive incredible things from God if we can believe all things are possible and I really enjoyed that song that we sang today about faith and all things being possible when we can believe so today we get to finish it out and we're looking at this story this event that happened in the Bible Uh, many translations say a woman who had an issue of blood and the Bible uh, lets us know the Greek scholars they tell us that she had an internal bleeding problem and for 12 years 12 years she went to every physician she spent all the money she had the bible says she grew worse she never got better and she was getting near death she was very anemic and nobody could help her but then the bible says she heard about jesus jesus just landed on her shore jesus just came across the lake he landed on her shore thousands of people were waiting there to see jesus and the ruler of the synagogue came up to jesus and he said hey my daughter's on her deathbed would you come pray for her And i love jesus answer he said sure so jesus is following him and going to his house we don't know if it was a half mile a mile quarter mile but from point a to b the bible says people were thronging him He was being touched by everybody and the disciples were literally having to move people out of the way so jesus could keep going forward and hundreds of people are touching him because he's a rock star to them and they want to touch him but this woman said here's what she said she heard about jesus she heard he was a healer she said if i can just touch his clothes i'll be made whole so she pressed through the crowd. Think about it. She had to be really weak, and she pressed through. She snuck up on Jesus. She had an angle. This, you're going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend. You know how somebody's running, you want an angle so you can catch them about here. And even if they're faster than you with the right angle, you can get. she knew how to play football. So she had an angle, and she's coming, and bam, she gets to Jesus. She blindsides him. He doesn't see her coming. He never prays for her. And she reaches in, and she touches his clothes. The Bible says immediately. She knew in herself that she was made whole. She knew it immediately. And, and Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? And his disciples looked at him and said, Jesus, you're being touched by hundreds and thousands of people and you just finally figured it out that you're being touched and, and you're asking who touched me? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. They were touching my clothes, but somebody touched me differently. Somebody touched me with this thing called faith. And he stopped in his tracks. This woman knew it was her, and she just fell down in front of him. And she, the Bible says she told him everything. She said, I'm dying, 12 years, spent all my money, every doctor, the best doctors available. And she said, I heard you were a healer, and I heard you were in town. I pressed through this crowd. And I said, if I touch your clothes, I'll be made whole. And she said, when I touch your clothes, I felt I was immediately healed. And Jesus looked at her and said, your faith, has made you whole. It changed everything. And we found out that after that event last week in lesson three, that in chapter six, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting a story from uh, Mark 5, uh, 24 through 30, uh, 25 through 34. And, and then in, in Mark six, the Bible says every time that Jesus went into, they brought all the sick people and they begged, they begged him that they could just at least touch his clothes. And everybody that touched his clothes was made whole that's amazing that was a point of contact that was faith being released and we talked about that last week and jesus looks at her and says it wasn't my prayer he said your faith healed you and so we're studying, well, what did she do? And this is lesson four, and and I titled lesson four, my title for, for today is Start Waiting. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting title? Start Waiting. Uh, and we're going to talk about that because last week we had a bunch of people that came up here for prayer after every service, and I, I didn't pray because I had our elders here, and I didn't want people to have faith in me. I wanted them to have faith in, in God and His promises, and I wanted them to believe God uh, like this woman did. And I told people, when you come up, here's what you want to believe. You, you want to say, when the elder prays for me, I, I'm going to receive my healing. Because Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. And then I encourage people, when you go home, if it's not immediate, because for this woman, it was immediately, but it's typically not immediately, but she received it imme- immediately. But most of the time, we don't receive immediately. And if it's not immediate, I just said go home thanking God and, and just thanking him that it happened when you pray. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today and even go further than that and just make sure that you understand that very principle. And here's what I want you to get today, walk out with, continue to believe regardless of what you see. I, I want to make sure you walk out continuing to believe Regardless of what you see. And this is a two-fold meaning. Uh, this this what I call big idea. It's twofold, guys. Number one, people that were prayed for last week, continue believing regardless of what you see. But how about if you've had some failures? I want to talk about you continuing to pray, man. Keep going to the plate, and we'll talk about that before we close today because there's some people here that are discouraged because they tried, and it didn't work, and I understand that. Let me tell you a story. I remember I was going to Bible school, and I had some cool things happen when I arrived in town. I went out of state, and some cool things happened with furniture, and I'll tell you that in another series, but I had, I think, 200 bucks in my pocket, and I had to find a job, and I had to get my first paycheck, so we're talking, you know, two weeks, find a job, then two weeks, and then a paycheck, so probably three to four weeks, and I have to make that 200 bucks last to pay rent, uh, utilities, buy gasoline for my car and I'm job hunting and, and for food. So I, I thought there's no way I'm going to make it. And I didn't want to call my dad as soon as I got there and said, hey, can you send me some money? So I said, you know what? I'm going to Bible school. I can pray. And I knew Mark 11:24, 24, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. So I thought, I mean, I've got this. So I prayed and I said, Lord, I said, I need $200. And I believe that I receive it now, amen, and I was done. So then I went out job searching, and when I'm job searching, uh, you know, this is before the internet, uh, this is before cell phones, uh, and before ATMs, and, and so I'm having to actually drive there and actually, you know, give my resume and sit and, and, and talk to somebody there, and, and uh, I'm walking in these offices, and I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Somebody in here is going to hear God and answer my prayer. And I'm just looking at people saying, is it going to be her is it going to be him? And then I'd walk out really disappointed. Nobody in there can hear God, I'll tell you that. Um, and and uh, then I went home and opened the mailbox. and I'm like, did somebody send a check? And it's like, it's the day I prayed. And I thought, well, but here's what I'm thinking. God could have told him two days ago because he knew I was going to pray two days ago and, uh, and, and no check. And the next day, same thing. I'm upset with All the places, all the offices where I'm putting in resumes, I'm upset. Nobody's hearing God. And then I went home day after day and I opened the mailbox and and there were no letters saying, I woke up this morning and felt inspired to give you $200, I'm not sure why. God just said, I love Joe, give him $200. And there was no notes, no money. So I heard there were daytime meetings going on. So I went and did some job searches after that. Then I'd go to the daytime Christian services. And I'd hang out in the lobby. I'd get there early. It was like I was part of the host team. I greeted everybody in the place. And I figured if, if I say hi to them and talk to them, uh, maybe God will, they'll, they'll hear God. These people aren't hearing God well, but maybe they will. And, and then I'd sit in the front row so everybody in the place could see me and uh, worship a little bit more, you know, and all that. Nothing's happening. And, and then at the end of service, I would go, I would literally stay in that lobby till it closed down. I did that for several days. And I remember after several days, nobody gave me any money. And now I'm mad at all the Christians. I think these people think they're spiritual. They can't even hear God answer my prayer. And uh, so I was getting in my car, and I shut the door, and I was so mad. I just said, God, I can't believe this. I mean, I believed I received it. Either you're not doing something, or these people just aren't listening to you. And and I was so mad. And I want to tell you up front, I never had that prayer answered. And I had to call my dad. So, uh, and I was a little discouraged. Uh, It took me a while to learn some things. And I I didn't understand what I'm going to teach you today, that I needed to start waiting, that I needed to continue to believe regardless of what I was seeing. And I didn't understand that. And uh, I hope to help you understand it. You know, in the Bible, when it talks about using faith to pray, it's always coupled together with another thing. It's really interesting. Check out Hebrews chapter 6, and it says this in verse 12. It it says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what God has promised. And you'll notice whenever you see faith, this thing called patience is always connected to it. And uh, patience is just continuing to believe regardless of what you see. You don't shut it off. I did everything wrong. I was looking at people and thinking, you know, uh, looking to them and I should have just stayed with what I prayed and I should have just stayed connected that I received then and I don't care how God gets it to me. One way or another, he's going to get it to me and I'll talk more about that. Listen to the next verse, verse 13. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants and so after waiting patiently, notice how patience is there. Again, Abraham received what was promised. And do you know it took Abraham 25 years to receive the promise of Isaac? 25 years. And I don't want any of you to worry thinking, oh no. Uh, He's called the father of faith. Um, He is the one we look to. He pioneered this thing called faith on the earth. And God, God allowed it to take a while so we could have somebody to look to and say, look at Look at what he did. Look at how patient he was. He taught us some things. So in the book of Romans, it it gets a little more detailed. Look at what it says in verse 17. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things of nothing. He had promises. And, And I've said this each week. I believe God is sovereign. And when I say that, uh, and if you Google it, you'll see all kinds of information on the sovereignty of God. What I mean, I, I make it real simple. It means God is God. He can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants. He's God. I'm not God. I'm Joe, and I accepted Christ, and I'm a child of God, but I'm not God, and, and uh, uh, I don't sit on the throne. I'm not part of the Godhead. I like to get close, but I doubt if I get that close. I'm not that good of a Christian, but, uh, but I'm trying my best, but I, I think there's way better Christians out there that we'll get way, way closer to the throne up there. But, but here, here's what I believe, guys, uh, and, and I know to be true. God made us pr- promises. So he's sovereign, but he made us promises. You know how he looked at Abraham and said, you're going to be the father of many nations? He didn't say that to me. But you know what he said to me? I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. You know what he said to me? By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. You know what he said to me? If you lack wisdom, ask me and I'll give it to you. He said all these things. He promised us things. So those are the same as Abraham, and we have to believe, and then we need patience to receive them. And I love what it says. Uh, It says, who creates new things out of nothing. Other translations say that God calls things that are not as though they were. He's able to work miracles. I can't work a miracle. I was trying to work a miracle when I prayed for that 200 bucks. I was, like, trying to make it happen. God makes things happen. Only he can do miracles. I can't. And verse 18 says this. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. It, it, It didn't weaken. It grew stronger. Even though at 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. He was 100. Sarah was 90. And God's telling them, you're going to have a kid. You know, they couldn't have kids when they were in childbearing ages. Something was wrong with one of them could not have kids, if not both of them. Now, God's telling them when they're uh, past that age, impossible age, I decided to make you a father of many nations. God wanted to teach us something about faith. And he said, you're going to be a father of many nations. And it's amazing what the Bible says. It says that Abraham's faith did not weaken Even though his body was 100 years old, listen to this. He figured his body was as good as dead. I like this. This is just a good point to throw this in. Faith doesn't deny reality. Faith believes the promise, guys. Abraham never said, my body is not dead. It, It was dead. But he kept believing God. He believed the promises. And I'm not telling you to deny what you see. I'm telling you to believe what you don't see believe what God has promised. And that's what this faith thing is all about. So verse 20 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. And so for 25 years, he kept thanking God that what he asked for, he had. He kept believing the promise. And his faith actually became stronger. And the only way I know for faith to become stronger is for us to, to meditate on what God has promised us, and he's promised you so many cool things. He said, I'll never leave nor forsake you, so none of you should walk out of here today feeling alone, even if you are alone as far as people. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. God goes with you everywhere you go. God's always with you. You're not alone. God said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He is going to help you accomplish everything you have to accomplish, and faith connects with those beautiful promises in the Bible. So here's what I've learned to do. I didn't know to do it when I prayed that first prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, uh, they say this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, that's how you ask, some different ways to ask, prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now verse 7 you can't do, it just happens automatically. Verse 7 happens automatically if you do verse 6. So you can't make it happen, it just happens. And it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, Abraham, his mind was at peace. What did he do? What do you and I need to do? Can we all agree my mind wasn't at peace when I prayed that prayer for 200 bucks? It wasn't at peace. I mean, I was in turmoil. So notice verse six, don't be anxious about anything. Well, how can I come to a place where I'm not anxious? You know, in our early marriage, up to about 10 years ago, um, Gina, <laughs> Gina would call me agita man. Now, if you're Italian, you know what that means. Agita in Italian, Italians will look at you and they'll say, I have agita, I have agita. It just means an upset stomach. It's like you're nervous. I have agita, I have agita. And she would call me agita man. Uh, that's, that's an insult. And... and uh, <laughs> The reason she did is I would even eat, I would eat standing up, man. I'd, I'd be like pacing the floor and just, and, and, and everything would be a big concern to me. And she'd just look at me and go, she, would you relax? And, and I'd say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Got to get this done. Got to do it. Got to figure it out. And she'd just go, you're Ajita, man. Just relax. And she would just through the day, Ajita, man. Hi, Ajita, man. How you doing, Ajita, man? <laughs> I finally got a hold of it and I've learned to relax. And the way you relax is you give things to God. And then when you give them to God, did you notice it says, with thanksgiving? Well, can you thank God after you pray if you don't know if God gave you what you prayed for? And, and I believe praying prayers, if it be thy will, Jesus did that. Whenever it comes to what God wants you to do with your life, you should say, if it be thy will. Yes, amen. I submit my life to God. But if God made a promise, we already know what his will is. He says, this is what I want to do for you. And if you're going to, listen to Mark eleven twenty four one more time. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it. That's when you pray. Believe that you receive it and you will have it. So the Bible says you'll never have it unless you can believe God gave it to you when you prayed. How can you believe God gave you something? You have to know what he promised. You you pray for what he promised. You don't pray for something that there's not a promise for. But if he promised it, if he gave you a general category, this is what I want to do in your life, then you pray. So if you believe you received it, can you thank God then when you pray? Yeah. If you believe you received it, you can thank Him right when you pray. And that's something I didn't know to do back when I was in Bible school, going to Bible school. I didn't know to do that. And I didn't know to just thank God and say, hey, it's done. No more anxiety. I'm not going to walk around judging everybody that doesn't give me the $200. I'm not going to be mad at anybody. I'm just, every day, Lord, when my head tells me it didn't work, every day, Lord, when I see my need is bigger. My 200 bucks is getting smaller. I need more gas for the car to go to another job interview. Every day, and I remember the frustration I had every day. I was a nervous wreck. And and what I should have done is every day when those things screamed in my mind, I should have raised my voice and said, Lord God, I thank you that when I prayed, you gave that to me. And I just went, I'm going to take a minute and thank you that you're the God who supplies that need in my life. And that would have caused anxiety to go, God's peace would have came. And you know what else it does? It keeps the switch of faith turned on. I didn't know that. And now I've watched God so many different times in my life. I shared quite a few things with you where after I prayed, nothing happened. But I would just go through days and just thank Him. And eventually, many of those things show up. And it's amazing to watch what God does. But here's the other side of it. What happens when God doesn't show up? Or what happens when you have a a failure and this is important uh because i think this has to be talked about really really strong in the church continue to believe regardless of what you see and this is about going back to god after you have a prayer failure and praying again not giving up not stopping and i think that's important i want to tell you a story this is a true story it it shows how ignorant i was at one time and hopefully i'm not that ignorant now and i just don't know it um but there's a woman, this, now this is 25 years old. She was coming to the church. We weren't in this room yet. We were, we were actually on the other side of the building. And uh, her mom had cancer. And she made an appointment with me. She said, Pastor Joe, would you come pray for my mom? And, and she has cancer. And, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll come pray for your mom. So I met her at the hospital. And I'm in her mom's room and I'm talking about Mark 11:24, and telling her, you know, and she's looking at me saying, yes, absolutely. And, and I talked to her about scriptures, about God wanting to heal her. He's the Lord that heals you. And I prayed in that room and uh, the daughter joined me and the mom was right there with me and we prayed and we believed we received and uh, weeks went by and she grew worse. And then she died. And she didn't come to our church, but I went to the calling hours. I went to the funeral. I showed respect. And then this daughter made an appointment with me a a week or so later, and uh, she's sitting across the desk from me. And she says, Pastor Joe, I'm so mad at God. I can't believe God didn't heal my mom. She goes, why didn't God heal my mom? And you know, I was about 30. When you're 30, there's two things that happen. When you're young, you feel like you have to answer every question that's asked to you. Sometimes there's we don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. But I thought I had to give her an answer. And then usually when you're young, I was only in ministry five years, you, you feel like you know everything. Like I do know. I, I know the answer. And I looked at her and I said, well, let's stop blaming God. The, the problem is your mom didn't have strong enough faith. Whew. I got one of those looks like I get from my wife every now and then. Like, how could you say that? And, and i it ha for guys, maybe you're better than I am, but sometimes my wife will look at me and, and say, do you realize what you just said? Or, and, I, and I'm like, huh? She goes, you don't see. No, I don't understand. And, and it will take a long time for me to figure out I said the wrong thing. And, and I was like that. And I'm sitting there thinking, why is she all mad? And, and, uh, and if I, if I were her, I probably would have slapped me. But um, she was gracious, and she just walked. She stood up and said, I'll never come back to this church. And she never did. And uh, she walked out. And I, I'm literally standing there thinking, what did I do? And, uh, and I've done it in my marriage many times. What did I do? I don't know. I'm a guy. How can I know? And uh, so, so I didn't know. It took me years to figure it out. I just thought, well, she can't handle the truth. And it's like, oh, no, no. No. If, she, if I were sitting there with her today and she was across from me, do you know what I would say today? I would look at her and I would say, you know what? I have no idea why God didn't heal your mom. There's all kinds of reasons, but I don't know. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But let me tell you something about your mom. Your mom believed. Your mom prayed. Your mom had faith. And you know what? That's what pleases God. And God's really pleased with your mom. And if she didn't receive it on this end, she's going to be blessed for her faith on that end. And you know what? that changes everything because sometimes we look at things as failures, and they're really not a failure. Uh, I want to show you a couple of scriptures and close up with these. They're incredible, and it reads like this out of the book of Hebrews, and first I'll just read 11.6, which we've quoted a few times. It says, "...and without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him." what an incredible scripture. I was meditating on this this week and have a series plan for, I might call it rewards, but it's incredible uh, just where I can go with it. But notice verse six, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Notice it doesn't say, and without you getting an answer to your prayer, without you having a connection where it actually shows up. It's a, no, it says without faith. And what we see here is faith pleases God. And sometimes we don't know why somebody's prayer didn't work, whether they died or they didn't die. I don't know why your prayer didn't work, but I don't want. I want you to know I'm not condemning you. You know what I'm excited about? You prayed. You believed God, and and that is what God looks at. Listen to this. Hebrews 11. He goes on and he talks about all these. Guys that accomplished all these things with their faith and they quenched fire and they walked through fire and they closed the mouth of lions and they they turned the enemy around and they defeated people with their faith. But then in verse 39 of Hebrews 11, it says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And it goes on, the New Living Translation says it this way, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith yet none of them received all that God had promised. God commends us and rewards us because of our faith. And there are good people that have prayed and not received, but in God's eyes, He's pleased with them. Why? Because they prayed. And the worst thing we can do as Christians is stop believing, stop praying. And I don't know the answers to why some prayers don't get answered and some do. I see so many answered and then I see some that aren't. I have many answers, sometimes they're not. I have no idea. Somebody could say maybe it wasn't the will of God. I have no idea. There's way many, many, many reasons. And we'll only know in heaven, but here's what I know. I'm not gonna stop praying. And I wanna encourage you not to stop praying because Man, I have watched God do incredible things for people that are in this room. And I've watched God do incredible things in my family. And I'm so glad I didn't stop after the first time. I brought this bat in here. And next, next week, uh, the power team will break one of these, a bunch of these and things like that. I, I think I'd break my kneecap, so I'm not messing with <laughs> it. But I, I did it for this reason, guys. Uh, Major League uh, Baseball batting averages. Just I'll give you some facts real quick. Uh, And and if you don't understand batting averages, I'll make it real simple. These are famous players. Here's the number one best batting average ever, uh, Ty Cobb. And uh, his batting average was 366. And uh, that means that 37% of the time, I'm rounding it off, 37% of the time he got a hit and he got on base. And that means that 63% of the time he struck out. So. 366 just means 36% of the time. It's out of 1,000. So 36% thir- of the time he got himself on base. That's the best ever. The best ever. Look, Listen to a couple other guys. Babe Ruth was number 10. Uh, he was 342, 34% of the time he got on base, 66% of the time he struck out. Luke Gehrig, number 14, 340, uh, he was 34% also. Joe DiMaggio, uh, 325, he struck out 67% of the time. Albert Prohaus, who, somebody I really enjoy watching, He was three tw- he's 321, and uh, he strikes out 68% of the time. And Miguel Caprera, he's 321, and he strikes out 68% of the time too. And listen to this, this is 2013 major league batting average is uh, 253 so that means that in the major leagues they're getting on base 25 percent of the time they get a hit 75 percent of the time they strike out i don't know about you i'm glad they keep going to the plate and i think we have to have that mentality when it comes to god and prayer and we need to keep going back to the plate. That's why I bought this bat, man. We need to keep swinging, guys. We need to keep swinging. Uh, our worship leader, Brandon, he saw me walk into rehearsal last night with this. And I think because I'm Italian, he said this. He said, uh, this isn't going to be like an Al Capone movie, is it? And I said, I said no. I don't know if you see, saw the movie, but it's kind of gory. He says, as long as you don't bring it into staff meeting, I'm okay. And I said, yeah, I won't do that. But this is what it's about, guys. It's about you going to the plate. swinging again and i'll tell you what there are home runs to be hit that you haven't hit yet and if you don't go to the plate you can't hit a home run you got to keep going to the plate to hit a home run you have to keep swinging to hit a home run and let me tell you something your enemy wants to discourage you and tell you you don't have what it takes and tell you God doesn't care and tell you you're a failure and tell you all kinds of things because he wants you to drop this bat and never go back to the plate and God wants you to know that if you don't swing you can't hit and God wants you to know that there are home runs that you need to hit that you haven't hit yet and when I look out in this crowd we have home run hitters what would we say to major league baseball players that only get on base 25 percent of the time guys they're, they're doing good. That's really good, man, to get on base 25% of the time. But, but you don't understand they're striking out 75% of the time. So what? Such is the game. and Such is the game of life. The Bible says we see in part and we know in part. Man, we're in imperfect bodies and we're seeing through glass darkly. But here's what I know. God's made promises and he said we can pray and ask for them. And if you're here and you're dealing with something in your life and maybe you've had failures, maybe you're not... I just want you to walk out encouraged to keep swinging because there are miracles that you're going to have in your life, home runs you're going to hit if you keep swinging. And I just wanna ask you a question after going through this series. How many of you can say to me, Pastor Joe, I'm gonna do some homework this week and here's my homework, I'm gonna keep swinging and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna not be anxious, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna connect with God and I'm going to keep swinging. I'm going to the plate. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm going to do that. Can you just give a shout? I just want to hear a shout. Say, I'm going to to pray. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to keep swinging because God has a miracle for you that you haven't received yet, and I want to see that you get it. Let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. Lord God, I have done my best to teach an incredible part of the Bible, and I thank you for these awesome people that are here, and Lord, we've walked through this series together, and I may not have answered every question, but I did my best, Father. And I thank you for the precious people in here that have swung and swung, and I thank you for the victories, the home runs. And Lord, here at Believers, we have made a decision. We'll never judge anybody. We don't care. We just care that they love Jesus. But Lord, between us and you, we make a commitment. We're going to begin to swing again. Thank you for helping us know how to swing, how to escape normal. Lord, and I pray a prayer over everyone in this room. Lord, help them see what they need to see so they can escape normal at a higher percentage. And Lord, I thank you that there's miracles waiting for every one of our lives. Amen. Guys, can we stay in an attitude of prayer? How about you bow your heads, close your eyes, just for a moment more, stay in that attitude of prayer. This is called start, escape normal. And the first thing we want to escape is the normal course of man. You know, the Bible says we've all sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. The Bible teaches us that if, if, if we die without Christ, that we're not, we're not holy enough to go to heaven. And there's only one other yucky place left, man. And one of our goals here at Believers is we exist to see a city connected with God. We want to connect Christians with God, but we also want to help connect non-Christians with God. And I remember the first time I saw Jesus for who He is. You know, the Bible says He died for our sins, and we saw that in the Lord's Supper, and uh, that, that He became a sacrifice so that we can live. And the Bible also says whoever calls on His name, He'll save them. And right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking you if you belong to a church or you grew up in a church. Great things not asking if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult great things necessary things but i'm asking can you remember a day when you made it personal and from your heart you said jesus i accept you as my savior and if you're here and you say pastor joe i can't remember would you pray with me right now let's make it personal let's accept them into your heart and tell them you're going to follow him today the bible says whoever calls on his name he'll save them you can't save yourself but he'll save you He'll save you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody else in the building, would you help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. You died for me. You came out of the grave. And this day, I receive you as Savior and I make you Lord of my life. Lord Jesus, I'm going to begin to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.